48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The top stories. Mainland medical experts could visit Hong Kong to check the SAR's anti-epidemic measures. Hong Kong has reported a new imported COVID case who is triple jabbed. And government workers who aren't vaccinated against the coronavirus may soon need to get tested weekly. Health Secretary Sophia Chen says mainland medical experts might visit Hong Kong to inspect anti-epidemic measures here, as expectations mount for the border to reopen early next year. Wendy Wong reports. Sophia Chan said health officials from the mainland and Hong Kong had met and reached a consensus on what the SAR could do to stem COVID-19 cases and avoid bringing infection risks to the mainland when the border is reopened. Speaking on a radio program, the health minister said one of the measures the government is considering is making the use of the Leave Home Safe app mandatory at more venues, including all restaurants, to enhance contact tracing. It is of uh, the best interest of uh, the entire society to extend the use of Leave Home Safe in more uh, premises. Obviously, there are other uh, places whereby you know people may go frequently, and also whether there are. Uh, places like restaurants whereby people would take off their mask and where, you know, there's more high risk. She noted some had questioned why the government is tightening anti-epidemic rules when Hong Kong doesn't have any community infections. But she said Hong Kong must stick to a zero-COVID strategy and guard against imported cases as the global pandemic situation is serious. Health authorities say the latest imported COVID-19 case is a man who had already been triple-jabbed. The patient is a 56-year-old man who arrived from the United Kingdom on Monday. He received a booster BioNTech jab last month after being double-jabbed with AstraZeneca in February and April in the UK. The Secretary for the Civil Service, Patrick Nipp, said on Sunday that unvaccinated government staff may need to get tested for COVID-19 every week instead of once every two weeks. Jimmy Choi has more. At present, government employees who have not received at least one COVID-19 dose are required to pay for the mandatory tests themselves. Speaking on the TV program, Mr Nip said the current measure may have to be tightened to further boost the city's vaccination rate. The civil service secretary noted that around 69% of the population had received at least one dose of the coronavirus vaccines, adding that the vaccination rate for the elderly has seen a significant increase over the past month or so. He also said so far around 35,000 people had booked their third dose of COVID vaccine under the government's booster shot program. Those with compromised immune systems, like cancer patients, can get a third jab 28 days after completing the two-dose regimen, while the over-60s and those who face a higher risk of infection at their workplace can do so six months after the second jab. Mr Nip said the government may expand the scheme to cover more people soon, including those who have received a second Sinovac jab for six months, depending on people's response to the scheme and the capacity of the vaccination centres. Police have seized 10 high-power speedboats and 57 outboard engines in a warehouse in Tunmun in an anti-smuggling operation. Officers believe the vessels and the engines are worth more than $25 million in total. Maggie Ho reports. 
At a press briefing, Assistant District Commander Chong Shengyat said the biggest vessel was 15 meters long and was installed with six outboard engines, which allow it to travel as fast as 60 knots or 110 kilometers per hour. He said the operation was conducted on Thursday, and it was the first time officers had seized so many outboard engines in a single operation. Mr. Chong added the vessels are probably planned for smuggling goods or people. He said the warehouse on Longkutan Road in which the vessels were found was located at a remote location and was hidden behind containers, making it more difficult for officers to find them. And now the weather, cloudy with a few rain patches overnight. Temperatures will fall to a minimum temperature tomorrow morning of about 17 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. Dry with sunny periods in the afternoon, the maximum temperature will be around 23 degrees. Moderate easterly winds becoming fresh northerlies tonight, strong offshore and on high ground. The outlook mainly fine and dry in the following few days and cool in the morning and at night. The temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large. The temperature is now 25 degrees and humidity is 85%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The Hong Kong Tourism Board says it will hold its first-ever New Year Countdown concert and will distribute 3,000 tickets by lucky draw. Wendy Wong has more. It will be the first large-scale countdown event held by the Tourism Board in three years after activities were scrapped in view of the social unrest in 2019 and the pandemic in 2020. The concert will be held at the Art Park in the West Kowloon Cultural District. It will also be live-streamed. The Hong Kong Philharmonic Orchestra and a number of singers, including popular boy band Mira, will perform at the show. Strict anti-epidemic measures will be in place. The board said participants aged over 18 must be double-jabbed against COVID-19, while people aged between 12 and 17 must have taken at least one shot of the coronavirus vaccine before they attend the concert. They are required to use the Leave Home Safe app and wear face masks when attending the show. Registration for the Lucky Draw is open from November the 15th to 26th. Stan News Editor-in-Chief Chung Poi Kyun says he had stepped down from the post citing family reasons. Writing on his social media account, Mr. Chung said Deputy Chief Patrick Lam had taken over from November 1st. Mr. Chung thanked readers for supporting Stan News over the years. He is the husband of Chan Poi Man, an executive of the now-defunct Apple Daily, who's been remanded over national security offenses. The Iraqi prime minister has appealed for calm and restraint after surviving a drone attack on his home in Baghdad. Mustafa al-Kadimi appeared on television to announce that he was unhurt following the attack in the fortified green zone in the early hours of Sunday morning, and he called the attackers cowards. The BBC's Anna Foster says many are seeing Tehran's hand behind the strike. Certainly these drones that have been used, we're told, are very similar to drones that have been used by Iranian-backed groups in the past. The timing of this is also very important. There have been what have been largely peaceful protests in Baghdad from, again, Iranian-allied groups who are unhappy with the results of the election. But a couple of days ago, they became violent. Security forces opened fire on protesters and two people were killed. A UK opposition politician has called for British Prime Minister Boris Johnson to consider his position following a continued standards row involving former Cabinet Minister Owen Paterson. 
Mr. Patterson resigned on Thursday after the government was forced to shelve plans to overhaul the disciplinary process for members of parliament and block his suspension. The previous day, lawmakers voted not to suspend Patterson after he was found to have broken lobbying rules, a decision that instantly brought accusations of corruption from opponents of the government. Opposition Labour Party's Thangam Debonair is the Shadow Commons leader. I think the public can see that this week, Tory MPs, led by the Tory Prime Minister, tried to protect someone who'd been found guilty of doing things that an MP should never do, which is take a very large amount of money for a very large amount of access. I think their reputation, frankly, is in tatters. And I hope that Boris Johnson also considers his position this weekend and takes the steps he needs to to repair the reputation that he's damaged, the reputation of politics, which is a problem. The U.S. Navy has launched a ship named after a gay rights activist who was forced to resign from the service because of his sexuality during the 1950s. The oil tanker Harvey Milk was formally named in San Diego. David Carver said his company was proud to have built the ship. Harvey joined the Navy during the Korean War, serving as a diving officer. He was discharged from the Navy in 1955. He began his political career in 1972 when he ran for a seat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. He lost but did not give up. He eventually won a seat in 1977, becoming one of the first openly gay elected officials in the country. Harvey Milk was murdered in 1978. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Mainland medical experts could visit Hong Kong to check the SAR's anti-epidemic measures. Hong Kong has reported a new imported COVID case who was triple jabbed. And government workers who aren't vaccinated against the coronavirus may soon need to get tested weekly. And once again, the weather, the current temperature is 25 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 85%. And that's the news from RTHK. In our newsroom, thanks to Andrew Shirovsky. We'll have more headlines coming up at midnight. Late night music. Kevin Lewis, Radio 3. Ten minutes after 11, hour two of Sunday late. Another one of those tracks from last week's featured album, the Full Flava remix.
full flavour are Rob Derbyshire, Paul Solomon from the UK, specialised in producing R&B and soul records for huge artists. Shante Savage, Beverly Brown, Ruby Turner, Carleen Anderson, Alison Limerick, and many others. And we featured uh, Full Flavor Refreshed. Kind of a collection looking back over ten, sorry, two decades, 20 years of their work, working with tunes like that. Uh, 